0: <laughs>
1: Podcast fresh.
0: And I have no respect for you and what you've done since you've gotten here. You want this AEW World Championship. You want it. I don't think you understand what it means to be a champion after all these years. I don't think you get it. Because it's not just about what happens in this ring. It's what happens when that red light turns off. What happens when you go back through the curtain, those small, quiet. Moments when you think no one's watching That's what makes a champion
2: Or something like that. I don't know. I'm not Italian. What's going on, everybody? Last Wrestling Podcast, number 19. I'm back. Holy fuck, a lot's changed since my last episode, huh? (laughs) Oh my God. Look in my eyes. What do you see? Hunk is fighting EVPs. We're going to take a look at that today. We're taping this son of a bitch on uh, September 25, just to give everybody a quick little little pulse check to where we are today. As of right now, we have Kenny Omega seem to be uh, pulled off from any major shows that he had already either confirmed he was going to be on or had had a handshake agreement, or perhaps uh, he was being scouted for, like with the uh, AAA show. And with respect to the suspensions, some of the suspensions have been lifted on some of the people in that room when that uh, that brawl happened, that brouhaha, as some people call it, between CM Punk and the Elite, and so we're just going to take a quick look today I'm going to take a look at some stuff that's been said and sort of a little bit of a timeline as to what the hell happened here. Certainly, this is one of the biggest stories in pro wrestling right now. It seems to have eclipsed the all-in AEW pay-per-view. This seems to be the only thing that anybody was talking about, which is a shame because it was such a really, really good show. You know, a lot of different things happened on there. Flip-flopping of the world title. There's a lot of stuff that's happened as a result of uh, the post-fight or the post-show press conference. So right at the top there, that was a Hangman Page promo. And that was from the May 25 Dynamite where we we finally had the uh, face-to-face between CM Punk and Hangman Page. Those two went at it on the mic. And this is sort of one of the beats to this story because of what was said during this promo so we will revert back to this a little bit later on all right so we're going to be taking on we're going to be looking at CM Punk, The Elite, Tony Khan, the press conference and we're going to play clips leading up to this just so everybody has sort of a general idea of What's going on? It's amazing because knowing what we know now, you can actually look back at some of these promos and and you can take a look and and really put it under a magnifying glass to say, holy smoke a these motherfuckers have been giving each other subtle and not-so-subtle shots. And maybe sometimes you look too close to the magnifying glass and it's it's something, but it's not really nothing. It's not really anything, rather. But uh, I have decided to... I I went through a whole bunch of different things and I've chosen the ones that I think really stand out. Some stuff is obvious, some not so much, and some things that make you go, hmm. So we'll be taking a look at that today. So if you're not interested in hearing about CM Punk, you can turn off this thing right now because this is sort of what the CM Punk, the elite AEW, everything that's going on right there. This is the episode dedicated to that. And uh, we will... So it's basically going to take over the entire show. So if you're still here, the plugs... We're at Podcast Fresh on Instagram, podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com is the email address. If you want to send us a note, go on the Podcast Fresh. You can find uh, the network anywhere you get these downloads. If this is your first show, I don't know if you guys can pick that up. We're getting some of that hurricane stuff come in here uh, in beautiful Toronto. Nothing like eastern Canada, but uh, the parts seem to be really uh, getting a lot more rain than usual, all due to the uh, the hurricane. But anywho, to continue the plugs, go on to Podcast Fresh. You can find the podcast anywhere. If this is your first time listening, this is the wrestling show. We also have a Game Flow podcast that is uh, hosted by Ryan Mello. You can check that one out. That's if you're into video games. He's got really good coverage of uh, the Grand Theft Auto 6 stuff that's going on right now. Um, And then, of course, we have the cafe, which drops uh, about once a week, once every 10 days on average now. And that's sort of when me and Ryan sit down and we talk, you know, uh, pretty much anything, pop culture, movies, video games, uh, stuff like that. We read a mailbag. So you can go and check that out. And then we have uh, the Last Wrestling Podcast, like I said. And of course, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air show, the show that started it all here on the network. Check that out if you're interested. Uh, Drop us a like, give us a review, yada, yada, yasky. You get it. All right, and what else? One more plug? Ah, that's it for the plugs. We'll plug everything. There's more shows coming. So we'll end the plugs there. Again, I am Chris Torres. Thank you so much for downloading, and let's get into the last wrestling podcast. i us <laughs> to start off by taking a quick look I wanted to start off by taking a look at CM Punk's second program when he came into AEW, and that was the one with uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, these two engaged in promo battles leading up to that wrestling match, and it was pretty. Those were some pretty heated promos. And on the side of of uh, CM Punk, there was you know shots thrown toward Kingston, and Kingston Kingston firing back. But to me, the most surprising part of the Kingston promo was when he said that nobody wants you here um, just because there was so much conviction in it. And so I uh, wanted we'll to take a look at that, so we'll take a look at that in a sec. Eddie Kingston in April appeared on the Wrestling Perspective podcast, and this little piece of news is from uh, Wrestling Inc., And it says here, despite not liking the word, Eddie Kingston is currently a superstar performing for AEW. One of the biggest problems in his AEW career has been against CM Punk, who made his return to wrestling after a seven-year absence. The feud showcased the two men embroiled in a war of words. Unfortunately for Kingston, the back-and-forth with Punk took quite a toll on his overall mental state. He says, quote, after the showdown with Punk... Uh, As I like to call it, I had to walk away from everybody so I could break out of that mental state where I just want to kill everybody. Everything I said to punk was real. I just have to break out of that because then I wouldn't I would have been miserable the whole day. I would have been, as my father would say, sitting in my own shit and not getting out of my own way. There was a moment with Mox where me and Mox were yelling at each other in Jacksonville where we went back and forth. I had to walk away from everybody because I was so into it. I was 17 again. After those two showdowns or promos, I was 17 again. When I was 17, that's basically my character is me at 17. When I was at 17, I was just angry. I hated the world and wanted to fight everybody in a sick kind of twisted way. I was suicidal in a way that I didn't want to kill myself, but I wanted someone else to do it end quote so let's take a look at that promo battle from the november 5th 2021 rampage where it was cm punk and uh eddie kingston going at it the previous week cm or the previous uh dynamite cm punk had requested an apology from uh eddie kingston which brought upon this face to face here
1: you want an apology that's what you wanted that's what you said wednesday right answer me when i'm talking
3: to you You don't like that. I love it. Look, I understand it sounds a little bit condescending when somebody asks another man for an apology. But you interrupted me, man. Don't paint me into a corner like I'm the bad guy here. You interrupted me. Yes, I interrupted the great CM Punk. Oh, no.
1: Oh, God. I will apologize. You know what, man? You're right. You're right, I want to apologize that I was at home sick, thinking I had COVID, I had to get tested twice, so I wouldn't come here, get, God forbid, get my friend Monkey sick, and then he gets his kids sick. But you know what? That doesn't matter, because I need to apologize, because you know what, guys? You didn't get the great CM Punk for its Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry, and for you, this is the world's smallest violin. And he's playing for your little ass. <laughs> so I apologize to you guys. Who are you? Who are you? Huh? Who are you? And give me a
3: second. Give me a second. Who are you? It doesn't Tell sound like much are. of an apology. You know damn well who I am. I do. I do. I'm telling you, let him go, Eddie. Let him go. CM Punk. Let yeah, him go. You it. know who I am, and St. Louis knows who
1: I am. I don't give up. So watch yourself. I don't care. I'm going to tell everyone the truth who you are.
2: Awesome interaction here between CM Punk and uh, Eddie Kingston, of course, seems very, very real uh, because it is. Of course, the two, these two had their issues going back to uh, the independence, going back to Ring of Honor. Where I believe Eddie Kingston was there, CM Punk was there at the same time, and these two just didn't get along. Uh, I think CM Punk at the time was uh, was he-, he was part of management, like he he was somehow involved with the management, and uh, Eddie Kingston was there, and the feeling was that uh, CM Punk didn't like him because of his work ethic or his look, what have you, um, and so it just kind of stayed there, and. None of the the two guys never really had a confrontation about it or a real serious conversation about it, so it just stayed there and kind of festered over the years. And lo and behold, they ended up coming back here to AEW, where of course CM Punk got that hero's welcome, where everything was awesome in that Chicago, uh, that Chicago show that we all remember and have revound just to watch that pop, that very infamous pop from the Chicago crowd. But of course, one of the first. Um, one of the first programs here with Eddie Kingston. Some people were surprised at sort of, hey, what's, you know, this is a really strange tone to sort of be attacking punk like this. But this is a, another feud that was sort of based in reality. And uh, Eddie Kingston's so likable that he doesn't even come across as like a clear heel here, whereas CM Punk during this time in AEW, he was like a white meat baby face. And so uh, Eddie Kingston here about to, to paint the picture a little bit talking about his past history with CM Punk.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, give me a second. This man was once a hero of mine. Guys like him, Samoa Joe, Homicide. <laughs> the Amazing Red. Guys like that on The Independence, when I first broke in, inspired me, were my heroes. But you, you lowlife scumbag, two faced Narcissistic bitch! You, you, give me a second, you judged me. I came to that locker room to get free, free from my mental crap, free from the streets. I came to that locker room for Brotherhood and all you did was judge me. Because why, I was fat, why, because I like to eat a little bit, why? Because uh, I didn't play everyone's game, I didn't kiss ass. I didn't become friends with the Booker. I didn't bury other people to get my own stuff in, so I was wrong. No, you were wrong, you were wrong. That's what I know, that's the book I know.
3: Do you wanna know what I hear right now? I hear you lumping a lot of baggage on me, but you, you named a couple other people in there. And if you want to know the truth, the truth is, it wasn't just me that judged you. It was me. It was Homicide. It was Joe. It was Danielson. And listen, it's a hard pill to swallow, but we judged you, and we held you to a standard of the potential that we saw in you. You're the one who fell short of that mark.
2: So again, that kind of paints the picture of what happened between these guys years back. And... For me, when I was watching this, I was like, "Holy shit! This is like really, really heated. Really, really good promo exchange. There was a lot of reality here, and you can tell it's going into reality because in most traditional, uh, most traditional promos, there's a babyface and there's a heel aspect to it, and you kind of go back and forth. In this case, you have CM Punk, who's a brand new into AEW babyface babyface, and you have Eddie Kingston, who came in as a heel." But you know he's just so damn good and likable, and you want to root for him. That he baby faced himself, just like everybody knew that uh, that he would. Um, and so here we kind of have Punk at his because he doesn't. He didn't have to. He never went there with uh, Darby Allen, but this was sort of the first feud in uh, in the company where Punk had to just throw off the gloves and just come out swinging, even if that healed him. And uh, this was. Punks come back next, and check out the crowd because the crowd seems mixed and there is some not booing my
3: here. My fault. I am not wrong for seeing greatness in you fifteen years ago, but I damn sure am a fool for trying to hold you to that standard and expect greatness because you're a bum.
4: Damn. Come on, it's too much, man. My opinion, anyway. Lady Kingston is not one to take a barb like that. I think Kingston did make it personal, a too, though. He did. I'm he made a valid point.
2: After this, we basically get uh, Eddie Kingston running down. The- he has already ready-made event. You kind of do the... Um, Kind of do the uh, the little reel there saying what he's done already within the company with respect to not being a bum, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's the next little piece here that uh, is really telling because, like we said, a lot of this is steeped in reality. So let's hear what uh, Eddie says at this point.
1: I need you guys to understand this and hear this. And I need you to open up your ears and hear this. Nobody wants you here. They never wanted you here. That whole locker room's afraid to say it. Not me. So get out. And stop smirking at me like you did the other day. Or I'll smack you right off your face.
0: This is
4: 15 years of animosity. 15 years of tension.
2: At this point, we get Eddie Kingston challenging uh, CM Punk here to the pay-per-view. And... uh, CM Punk does accept, but it ends. He ends up throwing a, a one final shot okay. at uh, Eddie Kingston.
3: Full gear, a little bit high bar for you. I was thinking something like elevation or dark, oh, something more your speed. Damn, let's cut his. Oh mic. no!
2: Crowd very mixed on this one, I find, but. Uh, it is what it is, and that's because you're you're grabbing the story from 15 years ago, with which your general um, general viewership probably doesn't know a lot of this stuff. But the the people that have followed the business or were Ring of Honor fans, et cetera, et cetera, do know it. Um, that's why I think it's polarizing, kind of the reactions that you're getting here, and. <clears throat> we end up with uh, Eddie Kingston getting the last line in here which leads to the brawl and then of course the announcement of uh, the match for the paper.
1: I don't care about winning and losing at full gear. All I'm going to do is beat you up and after I'm done beating you up do me a favor, quit again and leave for seven years and don't come Oh! Oh, oh, Whoa! See I'm punked
2: This would eventually lead to the match being announced. And then, of course, at Full Gear 2021, we had uh, uh, CM Punk defeat Kingston clean in a short, well, shorter uh, physical match that was was fun to watch. But the important part about this program to me was right out of the gate, even with CM Punk only just getting there and uh, having the one program with Darby Allen, we had sort of our first program where, you know, they decided to have a character like Eddie Kingston just say like, hey, you know what? behind the curtain, et cetera, et cetera. This is not all as it seems sort of thing. And I don't care if you're heel, baby face, whatever, whatever. I live in the real world. And that's why he ends up getting into this entire heated thing over things that happened between them two guys uh, 10, 15 years ago. And so I thought that was interesting. And part of this is it's just because Eddie Kingston kind of spoke about how a lot of guys in the back don't want you here, but they're afraid to say it. I'm not, <laughs> I thought at the time that was an interesting line and it's even more interesting now in retrospect. And I'm sure there is people in that locker room that weren't happy to see him when he came in as much as most of the locker room does appear to have taken him in with open arms. I'm sure some people had the reservations, you know, but just want to play just to add a little bit of color as to the following events that would lead to, to the pay-per-view and the, uh, the all-in press conference. During the press conference after all-in, CM Punk made comments about Hangman Page and said that, uh, you know, he basically blasted him for not, not taking advice or being against taking advice. And it was an interesting line, um, only because it was said in black and white, but some people didn't know what that, where that was coming from or what event that was based on, because it wasn't anything that was on the television. It wasn't anything that was on the AEW social media. So to hear it here in the press conference, people were like, what does he mean by not taking advice? Hangman's not taking advice? What's he talking about? He's talking about uh, a podcast from April 21 of this year where Hangman Page was uh, being interviewed by uh, Chris Van Vliet of uh, Insight, Episode number three three nine, and we'll play the clip here. This is from that podcast.
3: Do you feel like there's been like a piece of advice that someone's given you where you've been like, oh, now that I see it, no, like that,
0: no. I think like in a in a in a field like like wrestling, advice like that is bullshit. Like, I th- <laughs> I think you you listen to it and you take take it, yeah. But at the end of the day, like you you figure it out. You do you. Um, and that that is success. Like, if, if you're just listening to what somebody else tells you, like, the fuck, you know? No. I, I feel like you just do this yourself, you know? And well, that's something to be proud of.
3: That's actually a great piece of advice in itself.
0: I I guess, but don't, like, take it too seriously.
2: <laughs> I like how Hangman in that clip talks about not taking any advice, and then he tries to give <laughs> advice, and then Chris is like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, so he had to kind of take a step back and uh, weld that thing together but it that was just you know that was just on this podcast it didn't make any headlines at the time and but after the after the punk all in press conferences became all the thing here so it seems to me very obvious that this is not an issue between two characters on television this seems to or, or even like personalities or it could be personalities but to me it seems like this is a conflict of sort of the way people think about the business the way people think about their status, who they should talk to, where to get advice from, if they even need advice, et cetera, et cetera. And this is just Hangman Page just saying, you know, whether he meant it or not 100 percent, who knows what kind of a day he was having. But that's what he did end up saying. And there was some commentary that people thought it was pretty interesting that he would say that considering that he's a, he's a teacher. So for a teacher to say, hey, you know what? I don't need to take advice. You know, if it comes, it comes. And if it goes, it goes, whatever the fuck that means. But this appears to be something that CM Punk took exception to, at least from what we can find and see, uh, with respect to the Hangman Page and sort of his ill will toward him and his his stance on and how he thinks uh, about the diff, about the about the business conflicts with how Punk sees it. Well, let's go to uh, May 17, twenty two, WWE Monday Night Raw. We have a Series of matches announced in the women's division where I guess they're doing a uh, title eliminator, and we had the current tag team champions on the women's side with Sasha Banks and Naomi. They're holding the belts, and this I should note this is still during the Vince McMahon regime, so to speak, the Vince McMahon run. Um, and so, just to just to kind of give you a little bit of context there. So we had Naomi, Sasha Banks, the women's tag team champions, and of course they would have to, in. they would have been booked to be in singles matches where they would both, where each of them would be losing in order to put over other stars, and so this, and who knows what else, but it, it, that's the way it was booked, but this leads to Naomi and Sasha Banks walking out before, Monday's show, uh, leaving the belts, informing management that they were piecing out. And this was within short distance of the show going on the air. So we had that happen. And then, of course, they had to restructure the card. And this created, um, I believe they ended up going with a a triple threat or a six-pack challenge or something like that. Or they were supposed to be in a six-pack challenge. I'm messing it up. But uh, it ended up being moved to, I think, a a triple threat match. I think uh, Becky Lynch was in there, Oscar. Um, so anyway, they had walked out. Why is that important? Because uh, the same on uh, on SmackDown that same week, so four days later, that's the infamous clip where Michael Cole says, hey, you know what? This happened with Sasha Banks, Naomi. It was unprofessional, and we apologize, and yada, yada. And there will be a tag team tournament to determine the new champs. That's how it went. And of course, there was a lot of crit- criticism online towards that. Of course, you know, it was Michael Cole just, saying what he was told to say this wasn't anything like that but there was still a little bit of backlash towards that the the commentary and uh you know the fact that uh, other people had done this and never received this sort of like public lambasting by the company so there was some mixed feelings on that but one person that was paying attention to this was CM Punk the next day on May 21 CM Punk put out this tweet quote doesn't matter if your opinion of your coworker is positive or negative. Stand with them because they'll do the same thing to you, and you'll wish someone helped. Trust me, you're expendable. Together, you're unstoppable. So, that appeared to be clear support for what was going on there with Sasha Banks and Naomi, and. Uh, Again, nothing to it. It was just a tweet. It was out there. You know, it got retweeted a bunch, but it wasn't anything like, oh my God. It was kind of like, hey, standing in solidarity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Switch back to AEW. We're now getting ready for May 29th show. Uh, AEW Double or Nothing. We had uh, CM Punk announced to take on Hangman Page, of course, Hangman Page the current uh heavyweight champion right now in A right then in this timeline in AEW and CM Punk going up for the strap for the first time uh to see if he can win that one. So that's booked for AEW double or nothing. They're sending up Hangman Page and CM Punk. Uh both of them spoke, I believe at separate times, but uh on the May 25th 2022 Dynamite, Hangman Page goes up against uh CM Punk in the promo battle, and this is where, this is that little clip from the beginning of the show that I played there. We're going to go through it here in a, a little bit more detail. But uh, we have Hangman Page and CM Punk for the first time face-to-face on television.
1: For the last number of weeks we have watched, you have joined us in the broadcast position. It's been a lot of talk. It's been a lot of back and forth. And now for the first time, you are face-to-face gonna to go to the challenger here first. I think the fans would agree, and you said the biggest match of your life, that you are prepared for double to nothing to become the next AEW world champ.
3: I think it's safe to say that the biggest moment of my career happened right here in Las Vegas. I am grateful to be in the position I'm in. I love all of you fans across the world. And I plan on walking into Sunday, double or nothing, the challenger, and very respectfully walking out the champion.
2: So mixed reception right there. And very interesting, you see CM Punk coming into this promo. He's he's trying to keep it professional and all business and uh, just... Happy for the opportunity that I worked for. And uh, it's going to be, you know, it's almost like he's just entering this thing like, hey, man, the best man win, even though it's going to be me kind of thing. Um, Nothing personal, although Hangman Page is going to take us there. So this is White Meat Babyface CM Punk. And uh, you can tell just by the tone, this is very intense, very intent Hangman Page. And uh, let's hear what he has to say
0: exactly what I was going to do to you, CM Punk, and did I stutter? There is nothing, there is nothing that you can do to me to take this championship away from me.
2: So you can see here that there's two different tempos. It's almost like CM Punk is coming in in one range and Hangman Page is coming in on a different range, a little bit more aggressive, whereas CM Punk is here sort of like, I'm the number one contender guy, With respect, I'm next in line. Hangman Page has something to say. He's kind of speaking vaguely, but he's about to get a little bit uh, deeper into what he's saying. CM Punk takes a step back here, and he kind of realizes that, uh, okay, this guy is upset about something.
3: I'm not exactly sure why you seem to be taking this so personally. You're the champ for a reason. You're Hangman Adam Page. You're possibly the toughest son of a bitch on this roster, and you hold the gold for a reason. There's a locker room full of people like me waiting in line to get their shot. This is just business to me. It's my title shot. This is not personal.
2: Again, it appears here CM Punk's taking a step back and being like, dude, why are you so mad? You're the world champion. You've earned that piece of gold, etc., etc. Why... He's kind of asking, why, is you, why are you coming in so aggressive? Like, you are the champion. I am the challenger. I should be almost coming in as the, uh, the heated contender that's back or whatever you want to paint it. But in this case, and, and keep in mind here, like, we have Hangman Page, who's the babyface face, again, CM Punk, who's the babyface, But you can hear the crowd kind of mixed here. You can really hear them getting mixed up. And Punk is kind of digging in, like, what are you upset about? And we're gonna get the response from Hangman Page.
1: Seems like there's a lot of respect here, but go ahead.
2: Even Tony Schiavone doesn't really. He, I think he was expecting like just a a babyface babyface promo coming up, and these two guys were kind of put each other over, et cetera, et cetera, leading to the match. Um, But there is an aggression coming in from Hangman Page, and he's getting more heated and heated and heated, and he's about to get into it now, and we'll be able to see the uh, the full strength of his promo. I
0: said three weeks ago exactly what I was going to do to you. I said I was going to destroy you. I said I was going to annihilate you, to embarrass you. And I did not mean at double or nothing. I meant right now. See, I've been waiting for this moment, not for weeks, but for months. I imagined myself maybe sitting up at the top of that ramp, cross-legged. And I would pull out a lighter, and I would light a pipe bomb, and roll it right down to your feet, and watch it blow up in your face. How cathartic it would feel, how good it would feel, and how full circle for you, huh? right here in Vegas. But now that we're here...
2: Right here to the common audience, you know, most of, the, most of the people watching, they have no idea why Hangman's coming in so hard into the paint. So huge CM Punk chance here as, uh, as Hangman Page tries to get to his point.
0: Now- I can't do it. I can't do it. And not because I'm afraid I'd get fired when I go back through the curtain. And not because I'm afraid of you, that's for damn sure.
2: The fact that that Cammy Page even mentions that he could get fired the second he goes behind the curtain, that's almost like saying like, there's some real-life shit here. This isn't just pro-wrestling storyline bullshit. Although up until now, like I said, the general public audience doesn't really understand what these stories are or what Hangman is uh, sort of insinuating. But, and that's why you get the CM Punk chance. But he's just so damn heated and, uh, and, and, and um, just sort of on a different level with respect to the energy that uh, he does eventually get the crowd back over on his side uh, for the part of the promo here where he's going to really dig into punk.
0: But the more I thought about what I really wanted to say about you, the more I realized it's exactly what you would do. And I don't think fighting your hatred, your pettiness, your cowardice was more of the same. I just, I don't think it's the right thing to do. But I will tell you face-to-face, man-to-man, how I feel about you. I don't hate you. I almost pity you. And I have no respect for you and what you've done since you've gotten here.
2: If I didn't know any better, that is a heel talking, right? I mean, that's how it came across on TV. And you can see the crowd really, like, they're trying to go along with it, but they are completely as mixed as you and I were at that time because there's no context to what's going on there. The whole reason that we're having this discussion is because I just want you guys to take a look at these promos because... These promos, because the fact that Tony Khan AEW, they allow these guys to go out there and kind of just say whatever they want as long as they're within the parameters of the program that they're working, etc., etc., etc. They do report to you know no writers or anything like that. It's just bullet points, etc., etc. Put real, realism in there, and sometimes it drives segments that are a little wacky. Um, yeah, this is a clear example of that
0: one. You want the- world championship you want it i don't think you understand what it means to be a champion after all these years i don't think you get it because it's not just about what happens in this ring it's what happens when that red light turns off what happens when you go back through the curtain those small quiet moments when you think no one's watching that's what makes a champion
2: and what hangman page is going to say next is his own little pipe bomb And it is a direct answer to CM Punk's tweet where he supported uh, workers' rights and uh, supporting Sasha Banks and Naomi just a couple days before this. So, the next part this is what's really going to piss off Punk in real life. And he's going to let this, uh, he's going to hold this inside of him until he eventually goes on TV and shoots and uh, calls out Hangman Page. But this next little piece is uh, pivotal to the story because this is really the one that uh, pissed off Punk and led to a bunch of different things happening.
0: You talk a big game about workers' rights, yeah? Well, you've shown the exact opposite since you've gotten here. I love this place, I care about this place, this is my home. And this Sunday at Double or Nothing, I will not, I will not be defending this championship against you. No, for the first time in my life, I will be defending all elite wrestling from you.
2: So now that Hangman Page got to his point and put it out there about the workers' rights, which again, I don't know how many people really knew what the hell he was talking about. I'm sure people follow Twitter and they follow social media and things like that. But in that moment, I I mean, I heard the line and I was like, okay, that must be referring to what he said about, you know, what Punk said about, uh, you know, Sasha Naomi. But it was like, Okay, whatever, we didn't really know. But uh, obviously, this was the line that really pissed off Punk. This was what sort of led to a bunch of different things happening at that uh, all-in pay-per-view. And it's interesting to note that CM Punk might be popular. They might have given him the hero's welcome all across AEW. But when Hangman Page puts the AEW flag on here, he wins the entire crowd back, and everybody ends up chanting cowboy shit, which I always thought that was pretty interesting. And so now, Punk's standing in the ring and he's realizing what Hangman Page is saying. And so, we pro- now it's kind of like, all the bullshit's off. It's no longer about, you know, respectfully and all this other nonsense. Punk speaks from where he's going to speak on this.
3: Like I said, man, I don't know why you're so angry. I don't know why you're taking this personally. It makes me a little bit confused. You're kind of talking in circles and it's a big riddle, but if you're so upset that I'm here, you're gonna have to do something about it on Sunday. Win, lose, or draw, I respect you, hangman, but remember, those roads you traveled to get here, they were paved by me. This house that you built, it was constructed with lumber from trees that I chopped down. The world you traveled to get here, to create All Elite Wrestling happened because I gave you the blueprint. You will shake my hand Sunday. In fact, you know what, Hangman? Hey, man, you're gonna shake my hand right now. all your misplaced anger you ain't mad at me you're mad at myself yourself shake my hand
2: so that of course is on the wednesday dynamite the go-home show leading up to aew double or nothing 2022 that brings us to may 29 and in the main event cm punk defeated hangman page to win the aew world championship This is also his first World Championship win in over 10 years. In the main event, Hangman Page defended the AEW World Championship against CM Punk. Punk went for a buckshot lariat, but Punk countered and applied the sharpshooter on Page, who managed to touch the ropes, yada yada. Punk landed a roundhouse kick on Page, who performed the go to sleep for a near fall. As Page went to the apron and attempted another buckshot lariat on Punk, the latter caught him, and when he hoisted up for the uh, GTS, Page's boots incapacitated the ref, Page picked up the AEW World Championship belt and wanted to strike Punk with the belt. However, Page looked conflicted and tossed the belt back in a corner of the ring. In the culmination of the match, Page's knee buckled during the execution of a buckshot lariat. Maybe some foreshadowing there, allowing Punk to perform the GTS and win the title. This marked Punk's first World Championship win since 2011. So they have a good match there. New World Champion. And away we go. You figure the Summer of Punk's coming up next. They're going to do some really, really big things. Um, good match, good pay-per-view, right? And uh nice little finish there with the Buckshot Lariat miss and the buckling of the knee. Really, really good stuff there. This brings us to the June 1 Dynamite CM Punk and FTR taking on the Acclaimed. And this is where during the intro, Punk comes down the ramp and he does that uh, crowd toss into the ring and he uh, messes up his leg completely, uh, he ends up going in there and having a 20-minute match with uh, FTR and the acclaim of these guys. But, uh, yeah, this would be Punk's last match for a long, long time. And, of course, this leads to a couple days later on the June 3 rampage, CM Punk was, on, uh, was promoted on Twitter as having a major announcement from AWN20Con and saying that uh, there'd be an announcement around the World Heavyweight Championship. So that, of course, brought in the eyeballs for Punk's announcement.
3: So, okay, here's the bad news. The bad news is I'm injured and I need surgery. God. Wow. A couple of things are broken. The biggest one is my heart. Because I love nothing more than performing for all of you and I wanted to go on one hell of a run. That's the bad news. The good news is I can still do all that. I told you I was going to go until the wheels fall off. Well, the wheels are still there. They haven't fallen off. It's just that one of them happens to be broken. But I've come back from worse. I've felt better than I feel today, but I am here to tell you that I've also felt a hell of a lot worse. This is a bump in the road. It hurts. It hurts like hell. I want to wrestle for you. I want to wrestle right now.
2: Nothing to this one, Punk. There were no subtle shots or anything like that that I could uh, find in that one, but it was just Punk basically relinquishing the belt, saying that he'll be back, et cetera, et cetera, which ends up being just, he, he holds onto the belt, but it ends up being an interim uh, title situation. So uh, that's that. And then we fast forward to Wednesday, June 8, 22, and we're going to get Hangman Page talking for the first time. So what they've done with the AEW world title is they've announced that uh, there was going to be a battle royal, and then that'll determine who the next number one contender is going to be. The strange part about this, and I remember this was uh, strange for a lot of people watching it, was Hangman Page coming off a world title run wasn't even in that battle royal, which was kind of surprising to a lot of people. And, you know, looking backwards now, who knows what the hell might have happened? But it's this next little comment that Hangman Page says... It's the same night here. It's um, a June 8th hangman page picks up a victory here. Um, and we have Forbidden Door on the way. So at this point, the fans are all excited what, what what matches might be made, et cetera, et cetera. And where is Hangman going to end up if he's not part of the AEW World Championship? And if he's not, that's kind of weird, right? But it's, it's his little comment at the beginning here and then the layout for the rest of it, which is uh, fairly interesting. Short clip but it's sort of all you need to know about where Hangman Page's mind was during this time.
0: There's a lot I want to say about the AEW World (laughs) Championship, But tonight is not the night. Tonight I wasn't in the little battle royal and it doesn't look like I'm gonna get a title shot. Anytime soon.
2: It doesn't look like I'm not going to be getting a, title at the, a shot at the title anytime soon. What? Just the way that was said, to me it sounds like, you know, in character or not in character, like he asked or, or, or he's just as surprised as we are. But to say, but but you would think he'd say like I'm next or whatever whoever wins the battle royal that match you know I need time to heal but when I heal I'll be I'll be good to go in another two weeks for a for a major match like that whatever but to say it doesn't look like I'll be getting a world title shot anytime soon because keep in mind they kept the title on Punk this is for the interim championship that they set up this battle royal gimmick um. Very interesting. And again, it's one of those hindsight 2020, okay, armchair quarterbacking kind of things. But you go backwards and you look at this and you're like, all right, okay. There was some commentary here. All to say, who knows what's going on backstage right now between Hangman Page, CM Punk, Tony Khan, the elite, right? What feelings are going on backstage? And keep in mind that this whole time, CM Punk has not forgotten what Hangman Page said about the workers' rights, bringing that up in the middle of their supposed character-versus-character promo, where Hangman Page kind of peeled back the curtain a little bit and said, I don't like you. I don't respect you. I don't respect what you've done here. It's interesting, right? The Hangman Page thing for me with CM Punk is much more interesting than the Hangman Page with the Colt Cabana you know. Um, just because with the Colt Cabana, it's so tired. Like, there's... You can literally, like, just go go online and you can take a look at the entire history of that. And it's just tiresome. But the Hangman page stuff, to me, is interesting because you're dealing with a guy that's in the, in the same company as Punk and they're both in top positions. Uh, some people have said this could be Bret Hart, HBK vibes. The vibe is there, for sure. But... It's interesting to look back and hear Hangman Page talk like that. Whereas, you know, at the time, you're like, okay, he's not part of the world title. It's okay. So after this, uh, so after he mentions that, he ends up going to challenge uh, for the, uh, he mentions that there's not just one world championship in wrestling. I heard there's another one, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Remember, we're getting ready for the Forbidden Dorsky pay-per-view. And that ends up happening several weeks later on June 26, AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door. Main event sees Jon Moxley defeat uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi to become the interim AEW World Champion. So there you go. And in other prominent matches, Jay White defeated Hangman Page, Kazuchika Okada, and Adam Cole in a four-way match to retain the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Side note, that's also the match where Adam Cole just had that horrendous uh, concussion there at the end, uh, just right before the finish. But that was, uh, Adam Cole's, that was, excuse me, that was Adam Page's, uh, involvement. Okay. So we have the guy that lost the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Now he goes to Forbidden Would You know, you you'd think you'd have a shot, but, uh, no. And so that goes on. And then just for timeline's sake, we go to the next month on July 22nd. That's when Vince McMahon steps down just to give everybody an idea. So July 22nd, Vince McMahon steps down and WWE starts shifting the company, the creative, the angles, the vibe, the way things are presented. It all begins to happen after Vince McMahon steps down. So we need to add that just to add a little uh, context. This now brings us to the August 17th Dynamite. CM Punk is given the mic. He's there to set up the interim world heavyweight championship match uh, against Moxley but CM Punk decides he's got other ideas
3: I don't got the prettiest smile what I do have is the prettiest belt haven't been here in some time and I got some business to attend to some things very very important Some things not so important. I want to get the not so important things out of the way Where are we? Where are we tonight? There's somebody that's from around these parts that I would like to challenge to a rematch And I would like to do it right here right now for you beautiful people. Hangman Adam Page You want that rematch? You got it right here, right now. Let's go.
4: What the? What? Is hunk even cleared? I don't know. We have never got that confirmed, yay or nay. And I don't even know. Do we know that uh, Hangman is here? The
2: announcers clearly have no idea what's going on here because this is, party, this Punk is not on the format sheet that they have in front of them. The segment is supposed to be CM Punk building up the interim Championship uh, title match against um, uh, Moxley. Okay, who's who's won this thing? He's the he's the interim world champion. Got it done at uh, Forbidden Door, and now we have CM Punk setting up that match. He's back from injury now, and he's gonna get ready to, uh, I guess, do a title eliminator, set up this match against Mox. But he 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 goes right to the Hangman, um, and just basically, you know, this was the one. That uh, that would sort of you know break the camel's back so to speak, and this was this was uh, at the time taken with a lot of confusion, except you know f- for people like who already were backstage, AEW management, and people who knew what was going, what was supposed to happen that night. They knew that this was against the script because it wasn't in any kind of script. And of course, there you got you know CM Punk being said that he was being a professional, this and that, um, shooting so to speak on national television live. Uh, and this is the promo. This is the AEW pipe bomb. Up until now, Punk's been taking shots at people left and right uh, with, with respect to his programs as a babyface. Uh, you know, even at the cost of sometimes not getting the desired reaction because it, it was in all home runs, especially when you go after guys like Darby Allen. Not so much Darby, but like when you go up against uh, uh, guys that the AEW crowd, the universe, so to speak, has accepted like a Hangman Page, like an Eddie Kingston. And so let's get to the rest of this uh, little interview here, or a little part of, uh, you get it.
3: Well, this is the first time we've heard from Punk since that match. First on time. My sentiments exactly. Now on to the important things. That's not cowboy shit. That's coward shit. Yeah. A little bit of advice, and I suggest you take the apology must be as loud and as public as to disrespect. And if anybody else has a problem with the champion, well, I suggest you come on down, you see, because everybody wants to be the champ until it's time to do champ shit.
2: So we kind of hear the announcers there trying to fill in the little gaps, and I'm guessing they're doing that just so it can read a little bit easier for the crowd at home. You know, is CM Punk even cleared? Uh, you know, is Hangman Page, is he even here? That kind of thing. So uh, so what happened here was obviously CM Punk challenging Hangman Page to a match. This is completely against the script. Uh, of course, Hangman Page wasn't even there that night, so the guy couldn't even come out. And um, yeah, this was, of course, a receipt for Hangman's... Um hangman shot at him previously and this was you know just punk uh just punk doing what he does is dropping the pipe bomb and of course mentioning that uh that's not cowboy shit that's cowboy shit and then at the end saying you know everybody wants to be the champ until it's time to do champ shit and so we get to see him punk chant there and hangman page was like probably their number one baby face at this point uh Or at least, yeah, uh, for sure, at least top top two or top three, uh, maybe the next guy, because only Moxley would, only Moxley would probably be in that same category, and he's your former world champion, and so to see him get booed like that, probably not the best look, because he does look like a coward for not coming out to step up to Punk, who just put out a world title challenge, so to speak. So. That's kind of how we ended there. Of course, uh, Punk, this was not, you know, this was, he got a little backlash here. He did get backlash for being a professional, et cetera, et cetera. But it goes to build the picture and add more dynamic to the Punk, Hangman, Page, storyline, feud, real-life beef, whatever you want to call it. And like I said at the beginning, to me, a lot of this is not, you know, character-based or, you know, trying to make a a storyline to build up to a good match, uh, it could eventually be that. I think this is two guys who have different philosophies. I and mean, you hear what Punk said right there. I have some advice which I suggest you take. That's clearly, you know, going back to the whole I don't take advice from anybody kind of thing. When he says, I suggest you take it. It's a little condescending, right? Somebody says, I suggest you take my advice. Unless you know them really well. And these two are enemies, so, you know. Um, this was sort of the interview that, and then after this, he just flips it over to Mox. He says, I heard there's this Moxley guy, and then he gets into him. That's when he starts talking about, he can be the heart and soul, I'll be the dollars and cents. Remember that whole thing? And when you combine that with the Hangman piece, it almost builds like CM Punk's uh, getting ready to go heel here, but he doesn't. Um, it's just, the first one is a unscripted shot at Hangman. And then he goes hard in on, uh, on Moxley. But that one appears to be more out of respect. And, you know, they're setting up their world championship match there. So, interesting stuff. The match is set up for Dynamite on August 24. And, of course, that's the one where Moxley defeats Punk very quickly to win the world title and, uh, and become the, the world champion, no longer interim. And this, of course, leads to... The following week, on August 31, we do the CM Punk in Chicago promo. That's the one where he's kind of feeling a little bit down and out and unsure about himself. And that's where we get his trainer coming in to, um, to sort of hype him up, get him, remind him who he is. A, Steele, his trainer, the guy that brought him into the business. And would we'll also be involved in the post-media scrum uh, brawl. He comes in here and cuts one of the <laughs> best promos in terms of uh, trying to hype somebody up. He, was a, he was, uh, got very, very good reception from everybody here just for his energy, and this was a CM Punk promo, and uh, let's put a little bit of that here.
3: I came back to professional wrestling a year ago because I love this business, and I know this business doesn't love you back, but I also came back because I love you fans. and you do love me back. And that's why it hurts to feel like I let you down. I wasn't able to walk Larry for two months, and it hurt because I let him down so I could have rushed back to perform in front of all of you. And I look and I see my little sister sitting in the front row, and I feel like I let her down. And maybe that love just, maybe that love just isn't enough
4: anymore. Hey, hey. It's Ace. What is this? What is this? Since the first day you walked into the steel domain, you've been fighting from underneath. You fought through everything, everything to get to where you are. I got a career that I'm proud of, but I'm most proud of yours because I coached you. I coached you from day one to do all this. We're not just friends. We've seen them come and go. We're family. We are family and you don't let family down. You didn't let Chicago down. You filled an arena on a rumor that after seven years, you would come back to professional wrestling. And I'm not letting you leave now. Yeah, you thought with your balls in your heart when you went out in Cleveland and you lost in Cleveland, so what? So what, in your own words, in your own words, life isn't about how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. And you get f- up. You get up. You get up and fight. And you're gonna fight Sunday. You're gonna sign this contract. Wow. All, all these people, you're gonna sign this contract. And you're gonna fight John Moxley. Is that what CM Punk needed to hear? I got goosebumps. Man, that was. If you forgot who you were, tell them, Chicago.
1: Oh, unforgettable moment we're watching right now. Wow. What a moment!
4: Sign it! Sign it!
2: And that, of course, leads to CM Punk cutting that cutting that wicked promo about uh, you know how it's going to take. A lot to get him because he, ever since the time he was born, he he was born with the umbilical cord around his neck, et cetera, et cetera. Really, really good stuff here, and this set up the match with uh, John Moxley at the pay per view, and uh, which CM Punk defeats Moxley uh, in 1955 to win the world title at All Out, and that kind of took that was the match that night. It's a very good match, and that of course led to the post media scrum. Uh, But on that night, uh, we had Punk defeating Moxley, and we had The Elite taking on and defeating Hangman Page and the Dark Order for the Trios Championships. That's Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks winning the Trios Championship belts, which uh, they would have to defend later on that night. (laughs) But I'm kidding. Uh, And uh, defeating Hangman Page and the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and uh, John Silver, by uh, by pinfall there so new champions crowned all across the board there uh but the world championship and the trios championship si- situations would change following the scrum um, and let's let me just read this little piece here on the scrum this is from uh, wikipedia in the post event media scrum cm punk took issues with certain members of the wrestling media as he addressed backstage issues with his colleagues in AEW. punk describes scott Colton colt cabana as someone who quote don't they didn't want to see me on top, end quote, discussed their lawsuits against each other and said that he hasn't been friends with the guy since 2014-2013. Later on, Punk said that Colton, quote, shares a bank account with his mother, which tells you all you need to know about what kind of character he is, end quote. Punk denied rumors that he had attempted to get Colton fired, which AEW president uh, Tony Khan corroborated. Punk also criticized, quote, irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs, end quote. That's obviously Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Matt Nick Jackson, saying that, quote, they couldn't manage, they couldn't fucking manage a target, end quote, and accused them of having spread lies and bullshit and put it into the media that I got, Colt Cabana fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps, end quote. Punk later indicated that he was trying to, quote, sell tickets, fill arenas, end quote, While the EVPs were acting like, quote, stupid guys who think they're in Reseda, end quote, which was what where pro wrestling guerrilla was based out of. Next, punk criticized hangman Adam Page as, quote, an empty headed fucking dumb fuck who went, quote, into business for himself on national television and further alluded to Page as somebody that, quote, somebody that hasn't done a damn thing in the business and that has jeopardized that has jeopardized the first million dollar house that this company has drawn. ...off of my back, end quote. Punk later said that regarding Page, quote, "...our locker room, for all the wisdom and brilliance it has, uh, isn't worth shit when you have empty-headed idiot who has never done anything in the business on public interviews and say..." Excuse me. "...who has never done anything in, his bu- in, in the business, do public interviews and say, nah, I don't really take advice." End quote. Punk went on to describe MJF as, quote, a supremely talented individual, but also said that MJF likes to shit where he eats instead of watering the grass. Multiple wrestling publications, including Fightful, PWI Insider, and the Wrestling Observer Newsletter later reported that Punk's comments caused a fight between Punk, uh, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and A. Steel, an AEW coach who is Punk's trainer and longtime friend. So that's kind of, you know... Go on YouTube, you can check out all those videos. Uh, It's been reported to death, and uh, there's all kinds of dives that people have gone into there. What I wanted to do with this show is just kind of take a look at little little interviews, little nuggets that you can pick up along the way to kind of create an overall picture and see, obviously, that things that are backstage have permeated into the shows. And to be completely honest with you, some of that stuff is just... While it might be a shot, it might be this, it might be, you know, real-life stuff, a lot of that stuff goes over the heads of a lot of people watching this stuff. It, it doesn't resonate. Um, to see, to have a pay-per-view end with, uh, you know, CM Punk winning the world title and uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks winning the Trios title, and let's just say that's it. They turn off the pay-per-view that night, but the time they turn on the TV show on Wednesday to watch Dynamite, there's no explanation as to what really happened. It's just kind of like, well, we're having uh, uh, this match set up for the world title, or having this thing set up for the trios championships. And so to the com- the casual viewer, the common viewer, the viewer that only watches the TV shows, there's a lot of shit here that really kind of messes up the, the flow of everything. So it hasn't surprised me to see the uh, one of the demos go down uh, in terms of viewership. This will fluctuate the demos for sure and uh yeah so that's kind of what happened there and then we go to the aftermath as a result of the physical altercation following the all-out post media scrum aew president tony khan suspended all involved which included cm punk a steel kenny omega Metternich jackson pat buck christopher daniels michael nikozawa and brandon cutler on september 7th khan opened the night's uh, episode of dynamite with a pre taped video announcing that the world and trio championships were vacated effective immediately Death Triangle, which is Pac and the Lucha Brothers, Penta Zero, Miedo, and uh, Ray Phoenix became the new trios championships by defeating the best friends Chuck Taylor, Tremperata, and Orange Cassidy in a previously scheduled match that Khan converted into a title match. The show also featured the start of a tournament to crown a new world champion, with the final taking place on September 21 uh, at Dynamite Grand Slam, which would be won by... Uh, John Moxley winning his third world championship, defeating uh, stablemate uh, Brian Danielson. The suspensions of Buck Daniels, Nakazawa, and Cutler were lifted about two weeks after all out, according to Dave Meltzer, an independent investigation commissioned by AEW, apparently determined uh, that those individuals were right in uh, excuse me that those individuals were, were were trying to break up the fight. So it looks like everybody that became unsuspended, they've been cleared. The investigation is still ongoing. Uh, MJF has been named as a neutral witness to what happened. So, and he's refused to talk about it on podcasts and things like that. So a lot of this stuff is still going on. I don't know that, you know, there's even talk about legal ramifications and things of that nature. So we'll have to stay tuned for that stuff. But September 7th, they did crown the new trials championships and uh, the world title just got set up and, uh, and settled last week on the the Grand Slam there. But, um, yeah, this stuff is still ongoing. There's a lot more that uh, is probably going to come out. The biggest question right now is, is CM Punk going to stay in AW after everything that just happened? I mean, these are EVPs that, you know, brawl aside, the post-media scrum where you're just blasting the team like that, uh, not a good look, obviously. I think a lot of people were hyped after it first just happened, right? Like, oh, you know, Punk setting the, the the wrestling business, the internet on fire, and yada, yada. And it was a very fascinating post-media scrum, no doubt about it. But uh, I think after the hangover was over, about four or five days later, I think people started realizing, okay, maybe that wasn't the best thing for AEW or for, you know, all involved sort of thing, right? So... We'll see. Uh, Right now in AEW, uh, John Moxley has uh, become the world champion again. Um, So there should be some fresh new matchups there. With respect to Punk, he's injured. It did come out that he was injured uh, during the match there against Moxley. So he's going to be out for a long, long time. And um, you know, we'll see. He's on a $3 million a year contract. And the AEW, if they're not able to fire him for anything, they would have to buy out the rest of his contract. If indeed he is parting ways with uh, with the company, and according to Bill Body from uh, from uh, Keeping It One Hundred, um, there could be uh, a buyout of about four four point one million dollars to Punk uh, in order to buy out his contract. So the man is going to get paid in full regardless. It just depends on what happens now. There's all kinds of rumors. There's rumors of Kenny Omega reaching out to WWE. All kinds of nonsense. Uh, Who knows what's true at this point? But there will be ramifications from here. They don't all have to be suspensions or firings or things like that. There could be shakeups. There could be new EVPs brought in. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happens. But that's what we know for now. Um, I'm going to be signing off now because we've been going out for almost an hour and eight here. But I do want to thank everybody for downloading this show. I just want to take a quick look at it and also give some context to some of you guys that maybe only watched the television um, or or had questions about some of that stuff. I know I was really confused when CM Punk challenged Kenny Omega to a match where Kenny Omega was, excuse me, Adam Page, where Adam Page was not able to come out and, and either say yay or nay to the title defense and some of the other stuff that, uh, you know, just to fill in the color, I think a lot of what Eddie Kingston said there resonates now, you know, talking about how the guys in the back, some of the guys in the back won't say it, but I will, I don't want you here, you know, Hangman Page saying it's interesting what happens when, you know, all the cameras are off and everything's quiet and you're just backstage and it's just you, you know, nobody's watching you, you know what I mean, so um, I think a lot more has to be determined. At the very, at least it's a very interesting time in the wrestling business. And hopefully they can make some money. I think the the best thing in the world would be right now to somehow get these guys to talk, shake hands, and agree to, you do Hangman, CM Punk 2. And I think that could be a very, very hot match. And that could do business. I think that's the best way to fix this thing is to have everybody sit down and say, guys, what the fuck are we doing here? Either we agree to work together or... We part ways because I don't think. Here's the thing I don't think the third option exists of, well, we agreed to be in the same company, we're just not going to do business together. I really don't think that's an option because there's too much resentment. I think there's too much bad feelings there. And this thing extends to like the EVPs, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, um, and it's permeated now. You know, we're seeing a lot of talk of how could Tony Khan let this happen, et cetera, et cetera. So Tony Khan knows that he's under. Uh, the spotlight now to see what he's going to do next with respect to decisions that haven't been made yet. But Punk's going to be out for a long time anyway due to injury. This is his second injury with the company. Um, And so with the structure of his contract, there are no minimum dates that he needs to work and things like that as far as I know. So the man is going to get paid. um, But we'll see. Have we seen CM Punk for the last time in AEW? I don't know. But... Hangman Page is still the only one that's on TV because he didn't get involved in any of the uh, backstage stuff. Um, Ratings-wise, the uh, Dynamite continues to do a million viewers on a steady basis week in, week out. They just came off that really good uh, Grand Slam show and a really good follow-up Rampage. So the company seems to be moving ahead, and they're doing a really, really good job. Um, So the company's doing... Well, with respect to the creative, I think they have enough creative things to to keep everything going. But uh, on the back end, we do want to see what's going to happen with the Bucks, with Kenny Omega, who just came back from injury. Uh, And of course, CM Punk, with respect to his future. He's out for a while, but um, I would imagine we should start seeing some decisions being made soon. I can't imagine Kenny Omega and the Bucks being gone for too, too long Um, especially with the money that you're paying these guys, you do either want to use them or get rid of them, right? And we'll see what happens. There's a lot of rumors that I will follow up on in the last Wrestling Podcast, but I just wanted to do this quick or this long kind of overview on these things, uh, and that's that. I'm going to get out of here, guys. If you want to follow us at Podcast Fresh on Instagram, we are there. If you want to shoot me an email, we are podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. We'll be back next week. I think there's another cafe that uh, just dropped a fresh print show that we're also going to be doing. And there is Game Flow podcast from uh, Ryan over there. So go check out everything. We're at Podcast Fresh, anywhere you download these shows. If this is your first time listening to a show, excuse me, to the podcast or anything on this podcast, and uh, this is the first show you're listening to. We are podcast fresh, and we have shows on pro wrestling, video games, and then, of course, we do a cafe where we talk about video games, um, pop culture, movies, whatever else we feel like talking about. Um, So plenty of stuff for you guys to check out. Thank you so much. My name is Chris Torres. I hope you guys enjoyed The Last Wrestling Podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much.
1: podcast fresh.